Hello and welcome to another episode of the Super Top Podcast. I'm Podrick. And I'm Oshin. We're recording in Vancouver, where we work together on the Castro Podcast Player. In this episode, we're going to talk about Clips, a new feature we just launched. We'll also touch on some changes we made recently to Castro Plus, our subscription offering in the app. And we're going to talk about Playdate, a new handheld gaming device from the fine folks at Panic. Okay, let's start with Clips. So what are Clips? Marco Arment introduced them about a month ago. And you know when you're listening to a podcast and you hear something really smart or funny and you want to share it with someone else, but it's kind of awkward because you have to, you can only share a like a link with a timestamp on it and hope that someone else clicks it and maybe they have the same app as you and then it opens properly and everything works. So you basically never do it. Clips are a video that you export that has the audio you want to share along with the artwork and the title and uh, a few other pieces of metadata like the the date of the podcast and then you can just share that video on twitter or instagram or whatever and it's much easier because then anyone who wants to play it is just playing a video they don't have to even know what a podcast is so it's a pretty cool feature it's opening up some new things to me in podcasting it's not just for sharing you can also just save clips for yourself of things that you liked or you want to remember um you can share the good bits with other people but also like and these long tech podcasts, sometimes somebody says something at like minute 89 and you really want to, if it was a blog, you'd just copy and paste a few lines and quote them and then you could write your response to it and have a discussion. But in a podcast, it's been really hard to do that. But now I think people will be able to just take the quote they want to highlight and then start a discussion based on that. Yeah, it's great because I think it really takes advantage of like how much like these different social networks and are like kind of built around like video in lots of ways, like especially Instagram, but even with like videos auto playing in in Twitter and on Facebook. And I don't know, it's become like such a big part of like the like the social landscape of all these different social networks. And so the fact that you can just like have something right in line there, like in a place where people are then able to respond, where people can listen easily and then respond quickly, I think it just opens up a lot of avenues for yeah for discussions or just for making jokes or like any kind of stuff. I think if like since we've like been had this in our in our own beta and in our uh, test builds locally, I even just find myself listening to podcasts like a little bit differently. Where I'm always thinking like oh like what I wonder. Like, what would be a good part of this to take out to share with Podrig or to put in the like put in our Slack and like have a discussion around or whatever? So it's kind of helped me like pay more attention to some bits as well and just always be kind of having like a more like conscious interaction like with the podcast. So it's it's, it's been fun. Yeah, completely. And it's also great for just encouraging people to try out a show. Like it's it's a lot to ask somebody to go subscribe to something and listen to a whole hour of a show. But if you can just send them a clip, they can get an idea of what it's about and then they can make a decision much more easily. And in the same way, if you're a podcaster, it's a great way to promote the best parts of your show. Like just pick a clip of something that you think sounded good and then put that out there. Seems pretty smart to me. I'm not a podcast marketing genius though, so who knows? <laughs> so why didn't we do this years ago? Yeah, well, <laughs> like it's a great feature. There's a there's a few reasons. I mean, the thing is, I guess when you like when you work on it, like a podcast app for years, like you like there's so many feature ideas out there. There's all, like, like so many like thoughts about things you could do, especially when you have like a reasonable user base. Like we like every feature you can think of under the sun, even if we didn't think of it ourselves, like somebody has suggested it to us at some stage. So like yeah, we had thought about like kind of ideas like this in the past, but I think it never they never really quite 
fit with us as like oh yeah that's what it should be that like that's like that's going to make sense in our product and that's going to be something that people want to use i mean the big a big part of like why now obviously is because of of marco introducing it in overcast a month ago and there's things about his implementation of it that just all of a sudden just made it like click with me that like oh of course this is how this can work like this is amazing and we need to have this in Castro. <laughs> we talk about these ideas all the time when they come up, but I, I always had it in my head that we would have to trim the files and then upload them to our server and host a weird web page where it only plays that clip for you. And just the idea of us having to do the hosting for that um, and like the time of uploading it and all, all that piece was just making me think it wasn't worth it and people wouldn't do it and maybe we'd get into copyright issues by hosting other people's audio. And it, yeah, so the the idea to just make a video and users share that, like that that's, it's so obvious and simple, but that was the part that had never clicked for me. Yeah, yeah. Or even when, I mean, because like in the last year or so, I've started getting really into Instagram stories. And I noticed lots of times there, like people would post either just like a screenshot of like what they're listening to in music or a screenshot of what they're listening to in whatever podcast app. Um, Certain music apps started having different ways that you could record clips or lots of people would even just do a screen recording, say, of a music video playing in YouTube or like of a song playing Mm -hmm. like of, of whatever. And then that's what they would post as their Instagram stories. I did remember at some stage thinking like, oh, it would be nice to like, if we'd like to be able to offer something like that. But I couldn't, I didn't think that there was any easy way to integrate with Instagram in that way. Their share extension only ever like let you post to the timeline. There is actually a way to integrate with it that I just hadn't found until we started looking into it more for, for this feature. But I just remember always thinking that whatever the UI was going to be for you to have to to like to make something like this that was going to be shareable on Instagram from within Castro could ne- it never clicked with me like an idea of a UI that would be like oh yeah people would actually use this this would be easy enough to use I just always thought if we tried to build a feature like that it was going to be too clunky and like something that people wouldn't go through all these different steps just to get a video out of it or like even the UI for like okay how do you how are you going to select like which part of this episode is the part that you want to share honestly i kind of had this idea in my head that that the finesse and that the like the fidelity of what was going to be needed to like make a good clip like that that ios or that a touch device was not going to like be sufficient in terms of like getting really good clips out of stuff that's that was like a big thing that kind of just made me like never actually commit to okay let's figure out how to do this thing until as we've said already, but until like I saw Marco's version and then I was like, oh, right. So that's that's a pretty decent approach to like how like it's easy enough to like get a clip out of there. And then we like once we knew then that, OK, we wanted this feature and like it's going to be possible to do it. Then we then we thought about like, OK, what, like how can we refine that and how can we add our own spin on top of it? But seeing something in front of you working in any form is such a powerful thing. I've been just realizing lately when we work on features um, quite often we'll discuss them for a very very long time and then once in a while we might disagree on it and you'll just go and do it anyway or do something like it and then once we see it in front of us it just changes the whole nature of how we think about it to something where it's like just fixing or like polishing that instead of like questioning the premise of the whole idea like once you prove it can be done that just takes away so much uncertainty around it and yeah, the same is true when like a competitor makes a feature. You you do see it in front of you, regardless of what you think of 
what you could do better or what you'd do differently, seeing it shipped and out there and working is such a like takes away all that doubt about whether it's worth doing at all. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so we decided, you know, we have a little bit of time before WWDC. Let's see if we can, if we're going to copy it, let's just do it right now and not ignore it for months and then come back and just copy it then anyway. Like, if we're going to do it, let's just do it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we have all we have always tried to do our own thing, like, and I think sometimes even, like, to the detriment of our product in a way, or, like, like sometimes there's features that you just should have and that, like, something comes out and it's like, this should be done. I mean, Marco has honestly been pretty great at that, like, Smart Speed, which he introduced with the original version of Overcast, is something that has now become basically a need to have in, like, in any podcast app. Yeah. And it's something that we put off like for for years even doing now i mean that was a much more like our reasons for putting that off weren't just based around like oh no let's not do it because because marco already did it i mean it was a it was a much bigger technical undertaking to like to end up integrating that into castro so i can't understand how like how that is something that did that we did put off for a little bit longer but it did feel like yeah, I guess I just still had memories of that and kind of of like, like by the time Smart Speed, or by the time we did end up like having Trim Silence in Castro and that was released, that was like years later and it was kind of just like, a, okay, we now we get to say we have it, but it's not really worth anything anymore because it's just become an absolute have to have. Whereas if we're going to do the clip sharing thing and if it's, I was just remember thinking like, look, he released it, it's great. If we're going to do that, like, Let's just do it right right now if we can. Let's get it done because I don't want it to be that like okay in a year or two we're like okay now we have clip sharing and it's just like okay yeah like it's about time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you definitely have to put aside your pride sometimes when and just see that it's a good thing. The smart speed thing was really educational for us. I think like initially it was denial that it was even an important feature, then like reluctant acceptance, and then the technical challenge of actually implementing it well. And then, yeah, getting it out there took a really long time for us. And yeah, I think this is, I don't think, I'm not sure if clip sharing is um, a smart speed level innovation, but it's certainly something really cool that I we didn't need to be behind for years. So as you said, we went for years without having smart speed and I think it, it really hurt Castro. It let Overcast got really established as the, the, uh, really technically competent indie app that everyone should get and i feel like castro was a little bit left behind until we until we caught up with that um and actually castro 3 came out just over a year ago now so there you go we've had we've had trim silence for a year now <laughs> <laughs> so there are some downsides to sharing video i mean like as as great as the the ups are for what we talked about, like taking advantage of the different social networks and the way everything is built around video. Um, I think especially just down to like current, like currently the way sharing works on iOS and stuff. It's very awkward to, for example, then also alongside your video, have a link to for that users can act on and actually go and listen to the whole full episode. For just for a little bit of the technical side of things, for those who don't know, when in iOS, when you want to share something out to other apps, basically you you create these objects and you say, okay, iOS, here's the things I want to share, and the share sheet comes up, and iOS then takes care of passing that over like to the other apps, and you can give more than one item to that sheet, so you could give it a video and a link, but 
it ends up with, with multiple items, the results end up kind of getting a little bit murky and you're like not really sure what's going to happen in different apps and some other apps kind of trip over and do really strange things when when they're not just past one thing to act upon. Yeah, like doesn't Facebook just ignore the video entirely and just use the link? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that'd be a big deal to not have Facebook sharing, I think. Um, or like, yeah, Slack did some weird things as well where it didn't even recognize the link as a link. It would like say oh there's also this other binary file attached <laughs> and it's like yeah we took we had it in that for a while there was one kind of cool part of that which i liked which was uh if you then if you sent it then with airdrop to your mac like if you shared that and sent it by, by airdrop either to your mac or to somebody else who was nearby you it would send the video clip but then also at the exact same time like their the browser would open up with the full episode there i kind of liked that that did that but it ended up making too many things go weird in other apps that we just had to had to kind of drop it but essentially what that means is that then once once you share the video out it's difficult to actually also have a like a link to the full episode unless you remember beforehand to to go and copy that link and then go and do the share thing but yeah so one solution to that is to for us to automatically copy the link once you hit share so i think we're going to try that so Basically, you'd make your clip, hit share, and then we would copy the the share link so that the video would be what will be shared through the share sheet that pops up in iOS, but we'd put into the iOS clipboard a URL that links to the episode. So then you can share it wherever you want, and when you get the little uh, text box to put in some text as well, you could paste the link in there easily. It's kind of, it might be a little hidden, like we'll probably have to add a notification or something to tell people that that's happened, but I think that's probably the best we can do. Yeah, I think it's just a little touch that'll make it a bit easier for people to, well, I mean, maybe it's something you're going to have to know, but yeah, like, hopefully that can help in some regard at least. Yeah. The other thing is everyone, like, every site that you upload the video to does its own its own compression in various different ways. Even if you just iMessage a video to someone, it's recompressed and and they see something slightly different. And because we wanted our video to look a little bit like the Castro player, like we wanted to, to feel like it's a Castro thing, not just a generic uh, like website, we ended up using our gradient on our player. And when gradients are compressed, they often have that banding effect. Yeah, they looked really bad. And they look terrible. So there's a, a trick you can do where you add a noise layer that's just very slight, and then that tricks the compression so it doesn't do that quite as much. Um, there's still still certain networks that we share it on. There's like one or two frames where you can see the banding near the start, but it's it's mostly fine now. Yeah, or when I was on my Mac at work and I opened up one that I had shared to Facebook and it like went full screen on the Mac, and I think it just hadn't... I think Facebook does this thing where they'll do a really fast version first of all, but then later on they'll like replace it with a slightly better encoded one. And um, and the first time I shared one of our things to Facebook, and it opened up full screen on my big monitor in work, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this like this is it just looks like a blurry mess of nothingness." Yeah, <laughs> uh, but don't open them full screen on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that. I think the video option is a really great way to do this feature and it doesn't require us to build our own entire social network. It's just like integrates with everything else. So yeah, it's pretty cool. We were very contrite about launching the feature and told Marco 
that we were going to do it in advance and he he tweeted pretty graciously that he understands and has no problem with it and we were actually able to to help him out with a book um so atp marco's podcasts had a big section about how he had to make an automatic kicking machine to continue to make the export report progress properly he needed to just like restart it a whole bunch of times because every now and again it would stop reporting progress um as we were developing this we didn't hit that bug at all and we were wondering like are we missing something or is it going to happen in some other weird circumstances but then we at some point uh we have an, another developer working with us who i should have introduced earlier uh bosco ho uh he's not on the podcast right now or if he is, he's very quiet. <laughs> he's been working with us since November. And he, at some point, changed the video format from uh, .move, .mov, the QuickTime format, to M4V, which I don't think are like hugely different codecs or anything like that. But that was enough for to trigger this behavior where the progress would stop reporting. We figured it out eventually what was making it happen. And we just obviously continued using MOV. And we were able to tell Marco what the answer was, which was kind of fun on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. So he was very excited to um, to get that fix out. So hopefully that, that works for him. Yeah. So, I mean, us copying his feature is good for him too, right? Yeah. I mean, there is a nice thing there. And it was a, I, I think it did turn out to be a really annoying bug for him. And when we were looking at Overcast's uh, implementation of it, I was hitting that all the time. Like the, the very first version, I couldn't even export a video for ages. I think when I actually played an episode first, it was much more likely to work. Hmm. But because I was just testing the feature and not legitimately trying to share a video, I was using it in a particularly weird way. But yeah, so I think it was a big enough bug, and um, I'm glad we were able to help out with it. <laughs> yeah, I just I remember like for the first week or so of, of when Bosco was working on that thing and just being like so confused as to how he hadn't hit that bug yet, because I was like. When we, when I listened to that episode of ATP originally, I was just like thinking, okay, this is all. I'm good, glad to know. We're, this is these are the issues we're going to hit up against, and pre-warned Bosco that like this is a thing that's going to happen. So like we just need to be ready to deal with it, and it just wasn't happening at all. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I was like, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, it's it's great working with Bosco and Jesse James Hurlitz. Like we just are turning these new features out so fast. Yeah, so Jesse helps us with like lots of design stuff. Um, like so any new features like that have come out like in the last few months um any of the castro plus stuff like the new onboarding stuff um lots of bits and pieces like jesse has been there and um like doing like mock-ups in sketch uh which we then work from and it's just been an amazing it's just been a great way to work like i just love i love working with him i, I want him to keep working with us forever yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we weren't we didn't entirely just copy us we do have some pride still so <laughs> a lot of the really fun stuff for us was figuring out what our own take on it what would be um so there are a couple of things we did differently that that i'm pretty happy with how they turned out uh the f- the first was like using a snapchat inspired approach so stealing from someone else this is our innovation <laughs> yeah but, but <laughs> it mish- it's like a mashup <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so in Snapchat and Instagram, who I think independently invented this feature and definitely did not copy stories straight from Snapchat, <laughs> you tap and hold 
a button at the bottom of the screen and it records for as long as you're holding the button down. And we thought that'd be absolutely perfect for these clips because often you're listening at the time there's already a player interface with a scrubber and a skip back and skip forward button. So it's not hard to find the position you want to start at and hit record and or to just like you hear something really great and you can tap and hold this button and it'll record for as long as you're holding it down. And that seemed like a really nice way to just get your initial clip more or less right. And then you can just tidy up the edges instead of having to. I think in the first version of Overcast's clip sharing, you tap the button. Uh, you just get 60 seconds from where you were or maybe 30 seconds back. It was 30 seconds from where you are. 30 seconds from where you are and then you just adjust the clip trimming interface until you had the clip you wanted. But in Castro, you should be able to get like almost exactly what you want with the initial holding the button down approach and then just tidy it up. So I I think that's actually going to make it much easier to use. And the other thing that button does is it makes it way more discoverable. So instead of it being a share menu button that you press and then it gives you a pop-up that has that as an option, uh, it's a full-on red button on the player screen, which we've got a bit of feedback about for it being a little too much. Yeah, the red button might not be red for too much longer. Well, actually, it's already not red in our in our my local dev build. So yeah, so it's <laughs> it's white now, and it's still a round camera button. I was absolutely certain that the button in Snapchat and Instagram and every video app ever was red. So I was I was not taking that feedback well initially, and then I went and looked, and they're all white. <laughs> the only place I could find a red one is Apple's camera app in the video option. Even the photo option is white. <laughs> so yeah so that's white now and i think it's yeah it's not quite as loud i do still kind of like that we launched with the red one i mean for some reason i just liked having a big red button there for a while or mm-hmm. i liked how much it in just in i mean the white one doesn't like remind me of and invoke the idea of like snapchat and instagram and like that kind of camera recording but like the red button made me feel like like it was like when i like this like cassette recorders that I'd have back in the day when you know you press play on one side and press record on the other side mm-hmm. and like I just loved pressing that red button but um <laughs> fair enough I mean we have a pretty monochrome UI like generally speaking there's not that many parts of the app where there's like splashes of color other than like the whatever comes from like the podcast from the podcast artwork itself so like I I understand why people why some people were like felt that the red button was too much but i still i'm still kind of happy that we had that like for the first launch i'm happy to change it now but i'm glad that it was there at least for a few days um because like one thing is i think i mean we have much fewer users than overcast um and like i feel like that for our this feature to get traction that like we really did need like we didn't need it to be red but we really really did need for like the placement of this thing to be a much more not to be a much more prominent like action that you can take like on the player screen itself. Um, I think we didn't have the luxury of like if it if we buried it in, like in a share menu that uh, like that lots of people would still discover it. I think we needed to make it much more much more like accessible right there on the screen. Yeah, like we have our Twitter account and our blog and this podcast, but I, I think there's still like tens of thousands of Castro users who don't look at any of those mm-hmm. and they need there needs to be some way that they'll happen across it i'm really happy it was red to start with too because like, i think i do think it'll draw attention to it um and when you think about uh castro has supported direct timestamp links forever but no one has ever found it <laughs> no <laughs> maybe one person has 
because it's quite yeah it's quite buried and uh, so I really didn't want to do all this work on this clip sharing feature and then have the same thing happen that no one really knows it's there yeah that's the thing about that share sheet that pops up you can add your own stuff to it but then your own custom stuff is mixed in with the stuff from all the other apps and so if that's where you're going to put a feature in your app like yeah kind of be prepared for like that to get lost in the in the noise of of all the other apps that you have on your phone yeah it's just a junk drawer and i don't think an an average user explores through there to see what they can do i think it feels like it's the operating system and not the app anymore which like speaking of that like so we do have like when you do like share one of these video clips that you make that is where we have like so we have a custom like share to instagram story action which um it doesn't open the instagram share extension it like jumps you out to instagram and like populates the story publishing ui like with the video from castro and from there you can like put stickers on top or put text or put on different filters do whatever you want but that is a feature that i think is not going to be discovered all that much for exactly the same reason because that's basically an icon that we put in that share extension so that might be something that we have to think about in the future as well if like is is that sharing to instagram something that we want to make more prominent especially say if it's like maybe it's only for landscape videos or something like that ones that are like perfectly suited to 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 stories um like maybe if somebody has selected a landscape maybe then we should be it should be more obvious that castro supports like uh, publishing directly to Instagram stories that way. Oh man, that brings me back to remember when we were running the RSS feed app uh, on Red, mm-hmm. and when it shipped, I think I think iOS eight or nine added the share sheet to iOS, but before that, every app had to integrate every service individually. Jared Sinclair, who made on Red originally, had built this whole uh, open source framework. Uh, that integrated these things and made it really easy for apps to to offer a um, these twenty services that mattered, oh. and and on Red had did a good job of it, and then iOS came out with this share sheet thing and we dropped all of us so we could use the share sheet because the share sheet did have some extra features to it that it could do that you couldn't do otherwise, and a lot of services were deprecating their interfaces that allowed you to share directly, so it's just it's annoying that like the proper iOS way to do this isn't quite enough and now we're tempted to do direct integration again and like Overcast has that little Instagram icon in the top like he's doing the direct the more direct approach and yeah it's annoying to feel the temptation to do that when the solution should be an iOS level operating system thing right yeah but I wonder is there an answer where it's like one thing that was great about that on the original one in on red is that like like that you get to like present these options in your own ui and in a way that like makes sense to the environment that the user's in right now yeah um like i wonder even if it's still is true like the system services like like all the options that are shown like say in that share sheet when it comes up like it would be cool i think if ios had a like an api whereby instead of just being presenting that share sheet if you could like query and be like hey what are the share services that are available oh wow yeah you get back a list of them and then like and then you present them in in a way that makes sense like in the context of your own app um i can understand also why apple might not want to do that because they want the ui around sharing to feel consistent but for all the reasons that we went into earlier on about why that sharing i mean horizontal scrolling is i not a fan (laughs) but i think the the problem there where they're trying to treat all share services like generic things when you have different intentions around sharing the the video and the link is a perfect example where facebook 
or any app receiving this share could perceive the multiple items as just different different representations of the same thing, mm-hmm. which is logical enough because maybe some apps could only deal with the link or some could only deal with the video. So the share the app that's sharing the thing out gives them in multiple representations. Whereas in our case, we want to share a few different things together, like separate attachments, and they should all be there. And there isn't really a great way to represent that in that generic API. So the yeah, I, maybe that just needs to be improved so you can capture the intention more. Yeah. Um, and then also every app has to be policed so that they actually implement that correctly. <laughs> yeah, we're not really a rumor show, so we won't. I won't. There's no, we won't. Let's not go into it too much. But I, I think there was. I think there is rumored improvements or changes to that share stuff in uh, iOS 13. Oh, interesting. So cool. We'll find out about that next week. Yeah, because didn't the Clips app that Apple makes have a much nicer share sheet like two years ago? And I think it's it's rumored every year since then. Oh, yeah, that sounds kind of familiar. You could share directly to like a recent iMessage contact, for example, or like just add it straight to a conversation rather huh. than having to like tap iMessage and then... Oh, man, the thing in iMessage, I've noticed this more now that I'm trying to share clips to people where like it just comes up and you have to type in the first few letters of the person's name and then hope that you picked the right thread. Like, oh, I hate that. <laughs> Instead of it just being like everything else where it knows the most recent ones you've used yeah. and lets you choose. Like they could just fix that by changing the iMessage share extension. They don't even have to reinvent sharing for that to work. Um, anyway, this has been an interesting side topic on the share sheets, which was not in our notes. <laughs> okay, well, let's get, let's get back onto the, our own take on clip sharing. Yeah. So uh, so the one other thing one other thing part of it was that like I wanted to combine the like in overcasters the you you tap share then you tap share clip then you're on the edit clip screen you tap next then you're on the preview screen and then you tap share again from there and then you choose like where you want to share it to and like I really wanted to like try to like compact that down Having there be a direct button on the screen instead of having to tap share first and then select it was like one step that we could take out of that. Then also the next thing was to kind of try to combine the the edit and the preview screens like into one so that like once you have selected, once you have recorded your range or just tapped to get the default range, um, you're now on the one edit slash preview screen where you can see a preview of the video clip that's going to be made in the middle, you can change the format but, uh, at the top from portrait, landscape, or square. Um, and then at the bottom, you've this uh, trimming interface where you can adjust the start and end of the of the clip um, and scrub through it and, and like listen to the different parts of it. And then it's just one button, tap, share. That brings up the aforementioned share sheet of, <laughs> of Doom. <laughs> I think we have our title. <laughs> <laughs> share sheet of two um so yeah i'm not not that much to say about that really i guess just that like kind of wanted to try to get all that onto one screen jesse did a nice job of of designing it and laying it out bosco did an amazing job of of managing to like get all the different parts of that to, to work together and uh I did. I would say. I would say. I did a pretty. I did a pretty good job on the on the scrubber thing at the bottom as well. I think I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, I, I vividly remember you telling me that we should probably do some zoom in thing on it so that so that someone who's trying to pick a very specific point can zoom in and easily get it. And I was like, yeah, but let's just ship this. We can do that some other time. And yeah. You were like, yeah, cool. 
<laughs> yeah, and then you went quiet for about four hours. No, I was like, okay, look, he. I know we're under pressure to get this done. Um, maybe this isn't going to be like the most important part, but I just have a feeling. And it was actually like it was what it, today is Friday, so it was last Friday. I mean, this all happened pretty quickly. So this was only like a week ago. The feature came out yesterday on Thursday. But what it was last Friday, as we were finishing up work, I decided that. I was going to stay a little bit longer. And then I was like, how quickly could I get it so that this just... So it used to be just that the control was like the width of the screen. We wanted that idea because we wanted when you landed on the screen that like the full control is there. You can see the start of it. You can see the end of it. And you can adjust them right there. You don't have to scroll to see the end or scroll to see the start or anything like that. That everything you could do is technically available right there on that one screen without scrolling. Um, but then that evening, I was just like okay, what if I just put it in a scroll view and make it twice as wide? What does that feel like? And then I'm like, okay, this is getting like, now I can see how this could be good for fine scrubbing and for whatever. And then I was like, okay, let me stick a gesture recognizer on it. Let me do a few things. And I was like, I'm not telling Patrick about this until there's it's at, in a decent state. Like it, he's, <laughs> I'm not like, because he's going to tell me not to do it. <laughs> but the, the story I told myself was, well, look, it's already 6 p.m. on a Friday, like, Technically, I shouldn't be working on this at all. So if I just do this thing now, uh, actually it reminded me as well of like what you were talking about earlier on when it's like, like you can talk about stuff and talk about ideas, but like it's not, um, until you actually like see it in front of you, it doesn't like, not that it doesn't make sense, but like it, it's just like on a different level in your head or whatever you're thinking about it slightly differently. And I was just like, I feel feeling that like if I get this to a point where it's like, obvious enough what the benefits are and that it's working pretty well that like then we will do the final little pieces of polish to make sure it's right and and sure enough we did (laughs) yeah that's so good and then the extra thing where you can use it one-handed by uh, pressing down on it and swiping up to zoom in like that's the like the cherry on top as well i think yeah i think that's the part that yeah it's probably good to talk about that because that's the part that is like less discoverable i think I mean, hopefully people will figure, will try out pinching to zoom and like, it's like familiar enough, like in from the rest of iOS that they, that they'll do it. So I did get that part working first. Um, but then I was like, yeah, half the time, like, I'm like, what if I'm just standing here and I just like, like, I only have one hand free to like, to be making this clip. Um, so then that was when eventually the idea clicked with me over that weekend where I was like, oh, like just slide up, um, and it's yeah, it worked out really nicely. And even like even just in code, I'm happy with it because it's like it actually like all runs through the, pretty much the exact same code path. It's just that one of them reads like how far your fingers have have been uh, spread apart, and the other one just reads how far your fingers sw- like one finger swiped up. And and then after that, it, it just everything gets fed back in down through the exact same thing that that pinches to zoom on the thing and keeps to keeps the right position under your finger and stuff like that. So. I really like making those custom controls, like this, like the scrubber or the lift, like all the different parts of our player screen, like all the way back to Castro One. We've been making custom controls for those, and f- um, it's yeah, I really enjoy working on those. So it was, this was this was probably one of the most more complicated ones since there's like more elements that can change and stuff like that, um, and there's like different anim- like play animations and different bits like that that have to all work in a variety of different states but it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun and it looks pretty great too and i can't take credit for that that's jesse (laughs) (laughs) the yeah the gradient going across it is is really classy i think it looks yeah it looks sweet looks sweet yep pretty happy with that um (laughs) and yeah it's still shipped on time so 
So I'm, I'm not annoyed at you for making a really, really cool scrubber. <laughs> scrubber? Trimmer. So the other thing we've done recently that we haven't talked about is we made some changes to Castro Plus. This is maybe less exciting if you've been a long-time Castro user. Um, and if you're already a subscriber, then doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> see it. So Castro Plus is our premium paid offering for Castro. To, as you might know, the app is free, but if you want a random grab bag of features, uh, you have to pay the, the premium. <laughs> There's another idea for an episode title. <laughs> Wrong subject, though. Yeah. Uh, so you pay uh, an annual subscription. Our implementation of that, because it's not really that much fun, or at least when we were trying to launch Castro 3, it wasn't our biggest focus to spend all of our time making the pitch for Castro Plus the primary thing that we were trying to get right. So what we had before was a very simple, like four or five bullet points and a very short paragraph um, of what the features were. And there were things like just a bullet point with the word side loading on it, <laughs> which is just like walking up to someone in a train station and whispering in their ear, side loading, <laughs> and then thinking that they'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> pretty good viral marketing approach <laughs> yes <laughs> please do not do that on our behalf um so the the revamped one is i don't know if you, if you care about like app marketing or something maybe you'll care about this stuff but um but if the new one is this scrolling list of uh pages that explain each of the features in more detail and have graphics to back them up and i think it's just such a better pitch than what we had before i sort of imagine most of the people who subscribed previously were just people who uh, liked the app overall and generally wanted to support it that's like maybe half of them and then the other half were probably people who hit trim silence and then the thing popped up and they knew they had to pay i don't think the the pitch screen we had before was really convincing people because no. it just didn't really explain anything. And now, yeah, it's this, it's this lovely scrolling thing where you can read about each feature and understand what the benefit is. We also, uh, we raised the price. Uh, it was uh, $9. That's right. eight ninety nine. It was, yeah. So we used to have it be like you could get it for $3 for a quarter, which or else $9 for a year. Yeah. We dropped quarterly and it's now $19 per year which is an amount of money that is huge, apparently, according to anger on the internet. <laughs> we haven't had that much anger. Okay, no, there's just a few people. No, okay. Well, okay, I'll back up for a second. We wanted to try this price increase out and see if it was a disaster or if it works. Quite often, when we've raised the price before, the thing that happens on iOS that's like the curse of the App Store is you raise the price and then precisely half of the people who were buying it stopped buying it. So uh -huh. you make exactly the same amount of revenue but have fewer users, which arguably find less support, but you really want users because when you have them, that's they can tell other people about the app um, and they might buy it in future. So, so that's always been the curse where you change the price and then it doesn't actually do anything for you. So we wanted to try this price rise out before we advertised it and talked about it too much. Now, to be clear, anyone who's currently a subscriber is not affected by this price rise. You'll be grandfathered in and keep that price forever, basically. It'll never, we're never going to raise it because even if we wanted to, we know that we'd lose, like Apple requires users to confirm any price increase. So every single person would get an email. And if they didn't actively go and resubscribe to the new price, 
uh, we would just lose that subscriber. We will never do that. We'll never, ever, ever do that. Um, Even if you, for some reason, your credit card is declined and it doesn't work out and you fall out of your subscription, I think you still have about 30 days. Yeah, you have like a, a... a fairly forgiving like period during which you still get the old price yeah so if if you resubscribe within i believe it's 30 days it might be a month or there might be some other measurement but it's around that amount where if you resubscribe within that you still keep the old price so nobody's getting tricked here there's no like bait and switch it's the only people who see the new price are users who weren't subscribing previously even um, if you can't, even if you've cancelled your subscription in the sense of like turned off the auto renew on it, but you're still in your subscription period, like you still can resubscribe at the same price. So that's that's another factor. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you did that trick in iOS where you subscribe to an annual subscription and then you're in it, you've paid for it, but then you cancel, uh, you're still in that subscription period for the year because you don't get a refund automatically. If you want a refund, that's a different process. Um, but so it's a good trick to make sure you don't accidentally end up in a renewing subscription forever. Uh, those people, as long as you renew within, I think, 30 days of your that period ending, you still end up on the old price. So no one's getting in trouble here. Um, just to get that out of the way, because we had some concerned people on Twitter who noticed that the price changed and were scared that uh, we had we were going to do something shitty where we raised the price and didn't tell anyone about it. The reason we didn't talk about it is because, number one, who wants to talk about that? It's the price has gone up. That's not that's it's not interesting and it's not um it's not exactly great marketing. By the way, everyone, you missed your chance to get the cheap version. Um <laughs> the big the real reason was we might have rolled it back two weeks later. Yeah, if it had been um, a disaster we would have. Yeah. Now as it turns out it's gone really well and like lots of people are still subscribing. Uh revenue is actually up considerably. We still have to pay attention to things like how many people cancel during the trial versus how many used to cancel. Like maybe we're getting more people doing the trial, but they're canceling before they actually end up paying. Um, so there's still more to look into to be absolutely certain that it's been a success. But all the early indications look really good. And just to be clear, like the reason that we're doing this is because we have a big team bigger than we used to have it's not a big team by any normal stretch but like we've Oshin and I have been working together for about five years on this stuff and now we have well we have Bosco working with us full-time Jesse part-time and then a whole range of other people behind the scenes doing other little bits and pieces and we need to be able to pay for that so this like at the moment we can keep going because we have we have some funding that's covering us but like the objective is to get to a point where we have a sustainable business model. So any accusations of greed, like I think you just have to re- realize that this is actually a business, even even though like we're nice to our competitors and we're all like <laughs> try to be as cool about that stuff as we can. We do actually have to run a business. So like the price has gone up. Sorry. Just an aside based on like what the result of some of those things are, like of having a bigger team and stuff like that. It has meant that like over the last six months, like we have gotten out way more updates, way more features than me and you ever managed to do in the past in this this period of time. Um, Bosco is incredible. Like he just like we'll have an idea for a concept he'll he'll dives like right into like the like the deep parts of it gets like the trickiest parts done the parts that like would have scared me for ages to do them um and he gets like this like working prototype built up like 
remarkably quickly then I come in and kind of like with my own approach of or like tackle the, the other different parts of it Jesse's there doing the design stuff you're doing everything basically and like we've as a team and like as a product that what people are getting out of this like this product is is improving like at a rate that it couldn't have or that it wasn't before so um not saying i mean i'm not saying that then therefore that justifies that you have to be paying more for it i mean by all means you like everybody should make their own valuation of like whether this app is worth like one dollar 75 a month or whatever it works <laughs> out as to them but like that's and that's just the reality of what's going on and like yeah people are grandfathered in and new people get to decide whether that's worth it or not for them and if it isn't and if it really isn't and it it isn't for anyone then obviously we'll be left with no choice but to like ch- to go back and adjust the prices again but like we're just trying to get this to a point where this like this this product is like is sustainable because it's still it still is like not we haven't reached that point yet so we're still just trying to get there it's actually one dollar fifty eight per month. That's after the increase. So you just you just raised the price to twenty one dollars a year by saying one seventy five. Okay, so. well I'm just gonna go into iTunes Connect and <laughs> change it there. <laughs> so we also dropped the the quarterly option, um so it's just an annual one. And I think it's much I really like that it's a much simpler call to action. There's just like one button there, do you want it or not? It's not like, oh, now you have to do a division quiz to see if you get the cheap the right price or not. But I do wonder if we should add like a monthly option in there just to emphasize like, by the way, that 19 you're seeing, that's not 19 a month like you'd normally see on a a SaaS product or something. Mm -hmm. That's 19 a year. So I think even showing the monthly, like having an actual monthly option you can pay for if you want to and being able to see that that's like 199 or something. It could be just a helpful thing to emphasize that the price is actually not that high. Yeah, I would be up for trying that. Yeah, out for so sure. we might we might try stuff like that. Um, we also added the the pitch for uh, for Castro Plus to the end of the onboarding, so people would see it there. So you can still dismiss it very easily. There's no tricks where we like we don't lock the screen or only show the X button after ten seconds or any of that nonsense. But like it's just there, so that yeah. And not so much out of because we think somebody's going to install the app and immediately become a subscriber. I think it was more just like even the fact that there was a sub, like a plus offering and like what the features of it were was like so buried before that like I just feel like even if people skip past it quickly I want like at least they're like okay this that's why the app was free to download they do have these other features I maybe I'll read about them now maybe not I doubt that many people subscribe right from the start I should look up to the, the analytics but um I, that was never really the motivation there it was just like do people even know that there is Castro Plus? Well, we better let's tell them, basically. Yeah, that was it entirely. I just wanted people to know that Castro Plus was our model. Because my assumption, if I use an app, that especially one that I think is nice, if I can't see how they make yeah, money, totally. I get nervous. <laughs> like they're either going to hit me later or... Go away. Or the app will go away or there'll be some kind of ads or data stealing or something like that. And as well, people can see... Yeah, if you like this and you want these features, it's going to cost $19. So we're not trying to get you addicted first before you know that suddenly you have to pay this massive amount of money. <laughs> so I think it's just a bit more upfront to be like, yeah, this is this is this app has a subscription component for some of the more sophisticated features. Um and yeah, I think I'm happy with how that's going. So yeah, that's Castro Plus. We have talked about that. 
Let's stop talking about ourselves for a bit. Okay, I'm sure I know how to do that. But... Playdate. So cool. <laughs> I'm just going to be a fanboy for the next 10 minutes. Um, so Panic released. We should say what it is. Um, I'm sure everyone knows. <laughs> yes, indeed. If you're getting your news from the Supertop podcast, I really feel quite bad about <laughs> how infrequently we... <laughs> um, we publish this podcast. We should probably be talking about the Mueller report or something for these people as well. But um, okay, so Panic released a handheld game, announced at least. Well, oh yeah, announced. It's vaporware; it doesn't exist. <laughs> Playdate. So the website for it is play.date. I saw Cable tweeting actually that there's like a great story behind how they got that website address, or maybe how they got the Twitter handle. The Twitter handle is just Playdate as well, hmm. but I haven't heard that story yet. So. If we see him at WWDC, we need to ask him. Yeah, so we we worked. We had the honor of working with Panic for a few months um, back in 2014. Was it? Was it yeah. that long ago? Um, yeah, it was ages ago. Uh, on an app that didn't end up getting released because it didn't have the the business model didn't really work out. The app itself was pretty cool, which is just like I feel like that kind of fits our story of who we are. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it was really cool to get to work with them. They've, I mean, for me personally, I tweeted something about this a few days ago, but my connection to Apple is largely thanks to Panic. Like when I started, I think I'd had a Mac for almost a year at that point. And the, their really nice polished apps were what made me want to make Mac software. I had a job that was, I, I didn't really like anymore. And I was trying to figure out what to do next. And yeah, just seeing that stuff and seeing like, the Mac was really taking off among IT people, not just designers around then, and feeling like, yeah, that's the place to be. I want to be like them. Um, I kind of wonder whether I, I definitely don't know if I would be where I am today if I hadn't been inspired by that stuff, <laughs> as cheesy as it is. So yeah, Panic are a big deal for me, and it was really exciting to get to work on um, on that that app for them for a little while. And we got to spend a week in Portland uh, with the team there. It was, my my one of my first Slack messages on their Slack was posting my receipt from like 2003 of buying one of their apps. So that was a fun thing to be able to do. It's like, hi everyone, I'm a massive fanboy. Please get nervous about me. Uh, so yeah, when when we were working there, they actually showed us what they were doing with Playdate. So this is the most interesting secret I think I've ever been in on. Especially, <laughs> yeah, and I'm so happy that it didn't leak and that. Or at least, as far as I know, unless they told someone about it, I don't think anyone knew. And I can sort of understand Apple people being grumpy about leaks now, because it would have been so disappointing if someone had like posted a whole reveal of like screenshots of it and stuff before Panic were ready to show it themselves. Yeah, totally. I mean, like they've worked on it for so long, and I think part of the one of the huge motivations, even in making the thing in the first place, was like that this thing should be delightful, and that this thing should like this thing has to be a surprise. Like that's like was like built into even the earliest concepts, whereas for like surprise games and stuff like that. So it the it's all about the element of surprise and of like not knowing exactly what you're getting, um, and like like being delighted by new stuff arriving each week, um, and so yeah the. The fact that that is so fundamental to what the device is. We didn't actually really describe exactly what it is, but it's a mobile, like a handheld gaming console, which uh, gets new games each week. Um, one new game comes out each week, and when you, when you buy the device, it you it's you you are subscribed to a season of games, so you'll get a new game each Monday. Um, 
but yeah, since like surprise and that kind of thing is like so central to the concept of the thing, I think if it had been, I would have been heartbroken for them if, if it had been, if their their control of when it was going to be revealed to the world uh, had been taken away by something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, do you think you'll make something for it? I kind. I mean, I love the idea of getting the SDK and messing around with it. I don't know. I remember at some stage, like earlier on in the like back like in 2014 or 15 we were talking to them and they had sent us like some early versions of the SDK and started kind of throwing around some ideas for games and stuff but I think I don't think I really have like a game designer's mind like I love playing games or like casual games at least I'm not really I'm not a gamer which is kind of why this console in itself is like the most interesting for me because it just feels like a real kind of casual thing, which is basically what my engagement with video games is. Just as an aside, it was really funny to see people who were hardcore gamers see this and be like, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Whereas I was just like, oh, wow. It's like, it's like so approachable. And like, yeah, between like just... My yeah, my the games that I like are real casual, simple games, and like I love some beautiful piece of hardware, even whether I ever used it or not. Like just I just as soon as I just saw what it did, like the yellow color on this and like the shape of it and like how refined it looks, I was just like, okay, like sign me up, like get me two of them, <laughs> like because I, I, then I saw all these different sketches of like what the ideas were for the packaging and stuff and I got so excited about open when I eventually get one of these opening up the packaging uh, but then I was also like oh I need two I need two because I like I don't want to I'm gonna leave one unboxed uh, unboxed no one boxed <laughs> uh, one of them I will not unbox so if I if I can I'm gonna get two of them and open up one and like keep one as a as a little sealed uh, souvenir yeah that's a cool idea <laughs> and for 149 dollars i mean i think yeah i'll do it i'll I'll have a 149 dollar souvenir on my shelf for sure yeah yeah sometimes i think i wish i had an original iphone still in the box that i should have had the foresight to buy that but i didn't have like that much money lying around <laughs> no i did not have like a thousand or well however much five or six hundred dollars yeah. back then to just be like yeah i'm gonna keep this as a souvenir yeah i don't have any game ideas the thing anything i would do would be like I don't know, like a weird version of Castor or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we finally get to go multi-platform. Oh, yeah. Fine. Oh, we'd have, to, we'd have to do sync, though, so I don't know. Oh, no, forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> um, it's so cool, though. Like, it to me, it feels like, yeah, I don't want to put words in Panic's mouth. I don't know if this was their intention or anything like that, but, like, it, it reminds me of Apple, the iPhone in 2008, 2009, just when the SDK shipped. Like the excitement of uh, running something on your phone, like that you've made, was just like it's. I can't really explain this in a way that doesn't sound kind of embarrassing, but like the idea of like you're running code and it's running on a computer and it's not even the computer in front of you. It's like this separate piece of hardware that you've made do things. Um, was so exciting, even like with the iPhone. Yeah. I had two I've had two moments like that. One was the first time I ever typed HTML and then refreshed to a web browser and saw bold text or something like that. And then the second was like when I was learning iOS development and like managed to get a UI image view and a photo that I had taken onto my phone. A photo which I had already seen on the phone before, but now it was on the phone in an app that I had just built in Xcode and I was like had this unreasonable sense of excitement about it. Um so yeah, maybe if I can get, 
maybe I can imagine getting excited enough by stuff like that again on this device. Yeah, and and maybe that'll be enough motivation or excitement to actually go figure out a game to make on it or something that fits the hardware. Because, yeah, to be clear, in 2014, it wasn't like cable was handing out hardware to us or anything like that. <laughs> we we got to play with the SDK and run it in a little simulator at the time. I've no idea what when they release a more general SDK to developers what it'll be, but that's what we had at the time. I think running it on the hardware would be super exciting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as a like going back to that iPhone launch or SD, iPhone SDK launch, it was like there was a couple of years there where there was lots of really interesting, weird RG apps that were appearing in the App Store and people were doing really creative stuff. And I'm sure people still are, but it doesn't feel like that's the central thing to me anymore on the iPhone. Um so my real hope with this is that like it becomes a place where people just like for a few years people just go nuts about this thing and make like a ton of weird stuff and find ways to make it do things that no one ever thought it could. Like I'm so excited to read about like oh I installed Linux on my Playdate and now it's running my server <laughs> <laughs> or like whatever dumb things people do they'll hopefully be better than what I just said there. <laughs> I'm really curious to see like what their approach to like so that, like there's 12 initial games uh, most of which are 11 of which are completely secret for now uh, that will be released once one a week during the first 12 weeks of the life of this thing when it ships next year but then I wonder like is there going to be an app store after that or am I like can I just make a game and like send it to you and then you can play it Um, can I sell you a game for a dollar yeah (laughs) and that's so interesting I hope they it would be really sweet if it was just like yeah, man, it's a it's a computer, and you can run whatever you want on it because it's your computer. That's how it should be. Why would it be any different? Um, but but yeah, on the other hand, app stores are convenient for people, and maybe yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that must all be ahead of them because they said uh, Cable said on that talk show episode they're interviewed on this week's talk show. So stop listening to this and go listen to that. <laughs> and he's I got to listen to about half of it last night before I actually fell off my bike listening to it. <laughs> Oh, no. And then my my phones, I can't my the touch on my phone stopped working, so I haven't been able to listen to the rest of the episode yet. Oh, <laughs> that's the worst. Sorry, I presume you're okay. I wouldn't be laughing so much. I'm fine. I'm wearing. I have a like. I had to cut. The, I, I'm wearing a sock on my elbow. <laughs> oh really? Like because you you hit your head and you're confused. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I was properly protected. I had I had my helmet on, so oh, okay. I was fine. That's- but just my elbow got cut, and then I put a bandage on it, and then I just put a I cut the toes out of a sock and pulled it up my arm just to oh, no, just to hold it there, and also just because I think it makes me look really cool. Yeah, I can imagine that. That does sound like a good look. Anyhow, the episode. So on that podcast episode, uh, Cable said that they actually ended up announcing Playdate a lot sooner than they intended to. I think they wanted to have it ready and shipping, and just be like surprise. <laughs> um, but they had an opportunity to be on the cover of uh, Edge magazine, so they they released it or, or they announced it much earlier than they originally intended to, which I think means things like, are, is it going to have an app store or like what's the SDK going to be like? Like those questions, I'm sure they're still like figuring that stuff out. I, no, I, they must be. I'm yeah. sure they've talked about it tons and have lots of ideas, but I I bet there's just a million things to to answer about how they do it. I think given that it takes years to make these things and get these projects going, I really hope that Cable has seriously considered starting the Panic iPhone, the Panic (laughs) 
panic phone project or some other hardware like you've got to imagine i thought you should just make like a panic ipod or like well he can, he can they can call it audion <laughs> yeah hardware audion that's <laughs> that's oh and you can you can get all these like different skins for it like and customize it <laughs> like with, like physical yeah, skins the plastic ones that's amazing <laughs> how do you get music on it though like just spotify <laughs> You just like tape your phone behind it and play Spotify. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I don't know. I like the idea of this turning out so well for them that they end up just turning it to something totally new. It's pretty. Yeah, it's cool. Ah, very happy for them. And yeah, what a cool thing to do with like you've got a successful business going, making software, and you could probably just keep doing that forever. But like to keep trying to do exciting new things is just so neat i think yeah no they're great they're always looked up to them and i wish them i just i mean i don't think it even matters anymore what i wish like this just this is going to be big this is going to be big yeah i think so too all right fanboy costume off um back to apple nerd (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay wwdc is next week yeah yeah it came up fast Um, i'm flying down on sunday um how are you getting there um, I'm flying down on Sunday. Yeah. Want to share a taxi to the airport? Uh, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you staying? Uh, I'm staying at an Airbnb that my friend Oshin booked. Okay, I'll stay there too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we're such dogs. <laughs> uh, I haven't been at WWDC for like three or four years, I think. This is, and actually, I have a ticket this year, which is like a first. Um, yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, usually I win the ticket lottery and then you end up pretending to be me so you can get to labs and sessions and stuff but this time yeah the tables. or the first time i went i found a pass in the bin outside moscone <laughs> <laughs> not that you were like <laughs> searching the bin for any other reason <laughs> it was just a press pass i mean it was just a press pass it was just like so it was just for the first day um and the like the first what do they call the thing in the morning the keynote was over uh but and i guess some press guy had like was like okay whatever i don't want to be here anymore through his thing in the bin but then that meant i got to go in for the state of the union which uh is more interesting probably than the keynote so yeah i'm just putting pieces together of you wearing a sock on your arm and digging in the garbage outside moscone and getting a very particular image of you but <laughs> yeah well it'll fit <laughs> if the sock fits wear it is that a phrase uh, it is yeah um, I'm getting giddy because the podcast is nearly over yeah. and I'm going to go to the Apple store and get my phone fixed. Oh, yeah. Are you going to ride your bike? Yeah, carefully. <laughs> okay, so this is your first time with an actual ticket. That's good. Um, the announcements will be good. I think a lot of it's leaked, or at least certainly the, the marzipan thing seems like heavily foreshadowed. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be shocked when that gets announced. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of iOS 13 screenshots and stuff came out. Anyhow, yeah, as Podrick said earlier, if you're looking to the Super Top Podcast for a rundown of what the rumors are pre-WWDC, yeah, check your check your podcast up. Yep. Um, <laughs> so we have Castro stickers. Yeah, we have nice stickers. We have Castro badges. Oh, and the badges are like with the heart shape, which Jesse did for the new Castro Plus stuff. And there's these new icons in the app with that plus stuff, which is like a heart, but like done in the style of the Castro uh, icon glyph so yeah we have a bunch of badges of those so in in the past I, we've made those little badges and i always made too many and then i was never like pushing them on people so this time we only made 50 so like yeah but they're huge, like, they're huge. remember the size of those ba- like the bag 
yeah, it's yeah, they're huge. I I don't want to be carrying them. I do not want to be carrying them around all week. So, so if you see me like and you want one, just come up, get a badge. Like I like yeah, I want to give these away. Yeah, same. I will try to carry a few with me at all times. They're like, what's the diameter? Like it mm, two, two inches, maybe? inches or something yeah. like that. Just so they're not like frisbee size. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, Damn, we should have got Castro Frisbees. <laughs> Just start throwing them around during the keynote. <laughs> <laughs> next year, next yeah. year we'll get Castro Frisbees. Okay, I like okay. it. That's okay. Note to self. <laughs> cool. So yeah, if you want to, if you want to say hi, if you want to say hi and not have a sticker, that's also an option too. That's so, also yeah. totally fine. Yeah, yeah, come find us. I I don't have a ticket, so I should be around for coffees and stuff. So DM me, and we'll see what we can see if we can hang out. Nobody DMs me. <laughs> <laughs> Insert, uh, what's it called? Oh, tumbleweed. <laughs> Crickets. <Yeah. laughs> Crickets. Um, what's the audio equivalent of tumbleweed? Um, Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we should wrap this up. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Um, this has been a fun episode, I think. Episode 42. So that's significant. We should have had James Thompson on. Yeah. Oh, well. Maybe maybe we'll get an enamel badge off him. His look nice. Yeah, they are sweet. All right, we'll be back soon. Uh, Take care, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Or than I ever have of their apps. Sorry, we ever have. It's your app, don't worry. (laughs) It's it's all my app. I invented lip sharing. (laughs)